Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Universal Dialect Show. I'm your host, Chris Cypher73 Cabrera. Uh, this is show number 26. I have an awesome guest on today. Uh, he's a business owner. He's the owner of Ace of Spades Barbershop located in East Orlando, East Colonial Drive. Uh, he's a barber. He's an adventurer. And he, and what I call him is a, is a realist. Uh, he's the owner of the YouTube channel, A Couple of Trips 7153. Y'all should check it out. Want to introduce my dude, Chuck Chillin'. What up, my man? What's going on? What's going on? Chillin', brother. <laughs> what are you getting today? Everything good? Uh, yeah, everything good. Just had, you know, early morning workout run, um, ran some errands, and now I'm here doing the show. I got you, my Don't man. take I no breaks, you. man. No breaks. Can't, man, honestly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I, I got this barber who's real dope, man. He did me real nice, man. Maybe one day I'll come check you out, you know, compare and contrast. He's <laughs> better, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> how, how long? How long have I been going to you? Do you remember? Like, um, man, it's it's been at least a good man. I don't know. It's probably pre-pandemic, right? For sure, pre-pandemic. Yes. Yeah. So probably like I want to say years. Yeah, about 2016, 17, around there. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. It's been yeah. a great so, journey, man. Great conversations it, it, in the chat. It has been. It has been a great journey. So, um, but before we get into like you know, you being a business owner and everything, let's get into like your origin story, Chuck's origin story, like where you were born, raised, you know what I mean? Uh, go into a little bit, if you could, into your upbringing, what it was like. Right. Um, well, um, yeah. So you see the New York hat on, um, Word up. born and raised in Brooklyn, um, raised in Coney Island, um, born in 78, um, all the way when I left New York in 95. So, I uh, left when uh, right before my 17th birthday, but um, it, it was good. I mean, it's like any other, um, you know, neighborhood, especially growing up in the 80s and 90s, man. That was the best time. Um, a lot of these kids ain't going to get the experience what we experienced when we were younger. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just growing up in the projects, man, it was good. Um, you know, parents, I was fortunate to have both of them at the time. Um, you know, they raised me right. Um Oh, man, uh, it was good. A lot of outside. These kids today don't go outside. You know, everybody got a tablet and a phone, but we was outside playing tag, riding bikes, skateboards, roller skates. I mean, we had a great time, man. Um, you know, all other stuff that comes with growing up in the hood, you know, the, the fighting, the drugs right. and, you know, the, the hookers and, you know, everything <laughs> was in that area. But, you know, all our parents, everybody that was in the projects, all, all the parents at that time helped raise all of us. You know, so it, it was a good time. So it was like essentially, like they say, uh, ch- takes a, a, village a village to raise, to a, raise child. a child, right? Yeah, a- absolutely. It. Yeah. And plus back then, too, like you were saying, like kids used to go out and even though we saw some ill shit, we right. still like we learned about life. We had more uh, experience with life than kids nowadays, you know, that stay home all the time. Yeah, 100 percent. These kids don't know what it's like to be outside no more. Right. Back then, when we were little. If you were in the house, it was a punishment. You right. know, now to go outside is a punishment for these kids now. So, I right. mean, we, we had all the benefits back then. You know, some a lot of us, you know, some of us had more than others, but we were still in the same struggle, you know, coming from that era, coming from those projects and stuff like that. You know, and I still, to, till to this day, I still know people that's still in that area, still in the projects and stuff like right. that, you know. But um, it's all good. Everybody good. Everybody living. So, you know. So are any of your kids in New York now? No. Okay. And so like 
what was it like raising them in this new age? Uh, well, when you, I, I, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was a different approach for me, man, because um, I, I try to do what I was taught when I was younger, you know, with the discipline, you know, you had to get a spanking or whatever the case was, you know, it was done. Now you got the, the kids running the household, the parents scared of the kids, and I wasn't trying to hear none of that. You know, and I still, even to this day, you know, I overhear certain conversations with other people and I always hear this coming from men like, oh, I, I don't want to hit my kids. I don't want to beat my kids, you know, because my parents did this to me, blah, blah, blah. But the, the way these kids are turning out nowadays is like they need that ass whipping. You know what I'm saying? Because most of us, you know, we had a little ass whipping here and there and some more right. than others. And it just it just gave us the discipline and the respect or gave us the respect to respect, you know, elders, you know what I'm saying? Now nah, I, you see videos all day on YouTube and in all social medias and these kids are disrespecting teachers, you know, disrespecting elderly, you know, they swinging on a parent, like it's crazy. So for me, when I was raising mine, you know, I, if, if they got out of line, I corrected them. You know, it wasn't no wait to this or time out. I didn't play that. I took my chance and I always told them, you know, if, 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 um, you know, because so, some of these kids, they have the mindset of if you hit me, I'm gonna call the police and all that other stuff. So the thing is, I'm like, you call the police, you're gonna get raised by the state and you don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because you hear horror stories of kids being molested, raped and all this other right. stuff. So it's like, you know, you either gonna follow my rules or you're gonna have to, you know, go through that. And, you know, everything worked out pretty good. So. I came from the school system, I was working for the school system and you're. 100% correct like now teachers are more afraid of the students whereas when I was growing up in New York teachers would whoop your ass if they had to like right and parents wouldn't even probably say shit really um and and kids just don't listen now anymore they kind of like live their own lives and then they use their parents for like food and money and all that stuff so it's almost like roommates in a way right like this weird right relationship. And, yeah because a lot of um what I noticed, you know, just with friends and clients and everything else, a lot of these parents are trying to be their friend versus trying to be their parents. You know what I'm saying? They don't know how to find that balance. And as always, they trying to please them and give them everything they, you know, they want and this and that. And then, you know, when it comes time for discipline, you know, this kid now is like in his teenage years and, you know, there's no respect. There's no nothing there. So it's a little tougher. So whenever I talk to one of my friends or my clients or whatever, you know, I try to give them my insight, you know, on how I did stuff and how I was brought up. But a lot of them still, they're like, no, I can't do that. I can't hit my kid. I can't. And a lot of people get it misconstrued when you hit, when you discipline your kid or you hit them with the belt or a spoon or whatever we got hit with when we was younger. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's switch. A, yeah, it's, it's totally different. Like it, it's not it's not a form of child abuse. Now, if you come in home every day and you're knocking your kid around or you're knocking your spouse around, that's abuse. You know, you're burning them with the iron or, you know, whatever. That's abuse. But if 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 your kid get out of line and he, you know, curses at you or whatever the case is and you, you know, you correct them, then that's that's what's needed. And, you know, a lot of parents ain't doing that. So I think I always tell us the people, man, especially the younger generation, when they try to talk to me and stuff, our era was the best era because we had a we had a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? So now these kids, hey, it's just crazy, man. <laughs> All right. So like you were saying about, you know, how the kids are acting now. Right. Right. So 
where, where do you think this all started? Because I know, like, and particularly not just the kids, too, because, you know, these kids, you know, you didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask to be born. We were born into this, in this, right. this planet by adults. And then they had their job to raise us correctly. So do you think, like, when the when the computer started getting in everybody's house, that would that you think that sparked parents being more lazy, you know what I'm saying? Like, where do you uh, think this all started? Uh, I think it started with, um, and some people might agree or disagree, but I think it started with um, who cares about them <laughs> <laughs> for real. Um, I, it all started with with the um, with local government, you know, and go, going all the way up to you know like the Senate and all that other stuff when they started taking away PE. Because remember, back in our day, uh, summer camps used to be free. You know, at least in my hood, you know, we had PAL and all that other stuff like summer camps were free. We would go on trips and everything. All we had to do was, you know, provide lunch or whatever. Our parents had to provide that for us. But um, I think it started there when they start letting us, you know, if you hit your kid, it's abuse. You know what I'm saying? If, if you do this, it's, it's abuse. Put your kids in timeout. And um, now everybody's a winner. You know, you participate in Little League, whether it's soccer, baseball or whatever everybody's a winner. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to see these kids crying. Cause when I played little league and we lost, you know, some kids cry, some didn't, we just like, yo, we got to go back and practice or whatever. You know, it was times where, you know, we used to be out in the rain, throwing the ball, you know, playing, um, you know, stick ball or whatever the case was just to get better for the next season. Now these kids, they all getting trophies for doing nothing. So I think it started then. And if we go back, it, it pretty much started like in the mid Early to mid nineties, that's when they started doing all this stuff. So like the participation trophies. Yeah, the participation sort of trophies. You you can't hit your kid, you know, you can't do this, you can't discipline them. They came out with this whole timeout program. Then they took away PE from schools. And that's why you got a lot of these kids now, like, you know, they obese and stuff like that. And they think because okay, they're gonna change the lunch in some counties, you know, depending on where you live at your demographic they think oh we're gonna feed them peas and carrots like that's supposed to do something like these right. kids need activities you know what i'm saying and we had that when we was coming up that's why you know i say that was the best time we had the best music we had the best toys like we had everything <laughs> yeah, we now did these everything. kids just got a phone and a tablet they don't know how to interact with each other or nothing well they interact using that tablet but it's not the same as being in person exactly so they, yeah, so it, I think it started back then. And a lot of parents that don't know, and a lot of them don't know no better. You know what I'm saying? They just believe whatever's being told to them. But, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because a lot of them are missing out. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of them brainwashed. It's like, oh, well, they said do this, or they said I can't do that. But it's your child. You should be able to raise your child and discipline and do whatever it is you want with them. You know what I'm saying? To an extent. Now, like right. I said, if you're doing something harsh to them, you know, hitting them with a closed fist, then that's something different. But, you know, if your kid get out the line, you discipline, there's nothing wrong with that. You're right. And that's, that's gone. Yeah. yeah, that's gone. <laughs> so, like I said, but, but back in, you know, back in the neighborhood, you know, is, you know, somebody's parent, even coming home from work, we outside playing, like a lot of us, you know, we stop and say, hi, miss so-and-so, you know, how was your day? Like just something, you know, just to greet them because it was out of respect. You know, now these kids, they <laughs> they don't do none of that. They're zombified. They don't yeah. talk. Yeah, even when you come home, kids on the, on the phone, they don't even know you're home. They so glued onto the phone and tablet. So, right. Right. 
yeah. and then I, I feel like too like the imagination is gone too like yeah they because they don't they have don't to have think no more have to do is push a button right 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 yeah, just even creating think. is like gone to create right. stuff gone all right so right. you you've been a barber for many years like yes. many years many well, years. Uh, 1989 wow okay let's go there with <laughs> 1989 what got you into being a barber like what was what was the catalyst um, well, what started was, um, there was a dude in my neighborhood. Um, I ain't gonna say his name, but anyway, it was a dude in my neighborhood. Every time I walked past his shop to go to school and come home or whatever, you know, he had the nice car, he had the nice truck. And back then what they had, like, uh, you know, remember the Nissan Maximus, the little square joints with the BBSs. Yeah. yeah so it was a lot of that stuff. So I'm like, you know, I walked by, I was like, you know, just say what's up to him or whatever. And I was like, I'm gonna start cutting hair. So uh, 1989, I got my first set of clippers. My sister actually bought them from a, um, a record store. So, um, yeah, Christmas of 89, that very next day, I started cutting hair. I was cutting my friends in the projects. I mean, they weren't good cuts, obviously. It was my first time. You know, right, right. Like, yeah, I was about 11 years old. So I'm like, I'm just starting. But anyway, so from then on, I just kept it going. And then by the age of 14, I was in the same dude I was talking about. I was in his shop on the weekends. So from 14 to, let me see, 14, that was on the weekends. And then when school was out, you know, I worked there all summer. Every day I was working with my friends was playing and all that other stuff outside doing whatever they doing. And um, yeah, I was there all summer. And then at the age of, uh, what was it, about six, 15, 16, yeah, I dropped out of school and I just went full time working. So I've been in the shop ever since, pretty much my whole life because I'm 45 now. Damn. So if you do the math, yeah, yeah, I just, I just stuck with it, and and my thing was my my thing always been was I never I I don't like wearing dress shoes, I don't want to wear a suit, I hate wearing slacks, like I just hate dressing up like that. I like to be comfortable, regardless if I'm wearing shorts, jeans, or whatever. I just want to be comfortable. So yeah. this this career path lets me do that. So that's why you know. Plus you know everything is good as far as financially and all that other stuff. So right. I'm like you know, but the the crazy part is. Like when I was younger, I say, because I always used to be around the older dudes, the older crowd, all the dope boys, whatever the case was. But um, some of my friends, like their parents used to be like, you need to go upstairs. You need to be in the house or whatever. You're going to get in trouble. You're not going to be nothing. Blah, blah, blah. And a lot of their kids are what they said I was going to become. And I'm more successful than, you know what I'm saying? So right. like the way the way the universe works is crazy. Right. But um. Yeah, so that's that that's that's when I've been uh you know since '89. So if you want to count that, but professionally, I would right. say since you know, I say since I got my license at 19. So yeah, but that counts. I mean, '89 counts because that's where right. it all started. You know, what right? Hundred. I mean? So you you were around a lot of like older older heads, and you were in a a career where a lot of people don't last. You know this, right? Um, 100%. So. What advice were you given, like, like as far as like financial stuff and how to just keep keep the love for it to do it? Um, I I think that's 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 a tough question because like, and the reason why I ask is because so many people start things that they don't finish, right? Or they'll start something that has a uh, potential, right? But they kind of self sabotage and they don't make it, right? You know what I mean? Um, that's a tough question because like me personally speaking, it's, this is something that I'm passionate about. You know what I mean? Like I have other things that I want to do and try, but when it comes to this, like, this is where, you know, my blood lies, you know what I mean? 
So um, I would just say don't give up and and do it. I mean, yeah, like some people like, yo, how you stand up all day, you don't get tired or whatever. But I learned over the years, you know, what to wear, what not to wear. Like you won't ever see me in the shop wearing Jordans, wearing foams or any of these, you know, fancy sneakers that everybody's wearing because that's for styling. I'm trying to be comfortable. So a lot of people, when they see me, like, oh, you got on old man shoes or whatever. Yeah, but my feet don't hurt. My knees don't hurt. And I can stand for 15, 20, 24 hours, you know, no problem. So that's what I be trying to tell, you know, a lot of the young dudes I'm around, you know, that come through, you know, here and there. I be trying to tell them like, yo, your feet going to start hurting, like start, you know, when, you know, dressing for the occasion, you know, wear comfortable sneakers, wear running shoes, whatever. But, you know, they don't listen. They want to wear the Jordans. They want to wear this, that. So, you know, and a lot of them complain throughout the day and the week, you know, yo, my feet hurt, my knees hurt. I'm like, well, change your shoes. Nah, I'm not doing that. I can't wear those. I ain't that old yet. <laughs> but you can't even stand up longer than me and I'm older than right. you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like they don't see it. But I would tell anybody just just stick to it. But whatever it is you're doing, just stick to it, focus on it and give it your all. And what about like retiring? Do you see yourself like retiring from it or is it something you're going to do until you die? I'm more than likely, I probably, I I won't do it as much as I I have been doing it or done it in the past. Um, But it's because it's easy, man. It's easy work. I I think of it as legal drug money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, honestly, so it's, that's what it is for me. It's it's just legit. It's a good living. And like I said, I, I may not work, you know, five, six, seven days a week, you know, when I get to a certain age, but it's something I'm gonna always do because I got the passion for it. You know, I do have other ideas and stuff, you know, that I'm trying to pursue. But right now I got to focus on what I have now. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, continue that. But eventually, yeah, I'll venture off and do other things. But this is going to always be my passion. And I'm going to always, you know, do it if forever until I, I probably die behind the chair. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie Barbershop with Ice Cube, it, how how real is that? Like it like. Is it real um, like that, like that movie, like aspects it, of it, a lot of it, it, a little bit of it? Um, It is. It, it, it is. Um, I would say it's about, mm, I say about 85 percent legit, you know, because you always got the one old guy who always sitting down. You know, he ain't do, every time you come in, he ain't doing nothing, Um, you know, but he is making money. But it's just it just be times where, you know, they sitting um. You still got the the hustlers coming in. Yo, I got this for sale. I got that for sale. You know, you get people that do their thing and bring it to the shop, you know, to be purchased, you know, because they can't do it online or they can't, you know, they can't go to certain places and sell this stuff. So, yeah, that that's that's totally legit. Um, the arguments are legit. I mean, we've had several of those in the shop, you know, where barbers, you know, their egos flare up and they want to go back and forth. You're trying to tone it down and it get louder and worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I say that movie is about eighty percent accurate. All right, all right, I got you. All right, so being that you've been doing it since eighty nine, but you said nineteen is when you got your license, so I would imagine right. that's when you first got into your shop, the first shop. Um, no, because I've been in the shop since I was fourteen. Okay, yeah, I started in New York. So I, okay, I so you, on the you weekends. were cutting in, at fourteen. You were cutting in the barbershop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you've I probably was... seen thousands of people. Thousands and thousands, right? Yeah, tens of thousands. Can't even count, right? Tens of thousands. (laughs) So, what would you what would you say are the rewarding aspects of being a barber and being able to to communicate with people? The positive aspects. On the positive aspects of being a barber, I say just just meeting 
the different people from different cultures, different walks of life. Um, to me, as I got older, that that meant a lot, you know, because like I'm I cut some kid the other day he's from uh, South Dakota. You know, I'm like, damn, you know, so I was asking him questions on how he grew up and stuff like that. Um, I've cut people from Africa, New Zealand, um, you know, England, like all across the globe, you know, that come in because, you know, we in Florida. So it's, it's a tourist um, destination. So, um, yeah, I would just say that, man, meeting different people from all walks of life. And I try to get as much education as I can when I'm talking to them. Um, yeah, that's 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 for me. That's what it is. And so and, and so conversely, what are some of the negative aspects that you've encountered being a barber? <laughs> oh, man. Um, the negative aspects, trying to be responsible for multiple personalities. That's <laughs> one. Um, two, um, e- even even not, you know, being, a, um, you know, owner, whatever the case is, just being the one that everybody comes to with their problems, you know, trying to break this up, trying to fix somebody's household. Like it's, it's just a lot. So it's like barber, counselor, uh, therapist, uh, <laughs> fucking preacher, uh, like everything, financial advisor, just trying to do all these things in one. And um, for a long time, this industry as far as I know, like was look, it was frowned upon. It was like, ah, yeah, you just a barber. You ain't making no money. You ain't, you know, this and that, whatever. Right. But, you know, over the last 10, 15 years, it became more popularized, I guess, with social media. Probably you know, with the movie. Stuff. Well, with, with the movie yeah. too. Yeah. You got a lot of people like, oh, I want to do that. They look like they chilling, they hanging out or whatever. But, you know, for me, like I said, since since I started, like I, I'm passionate about it. So for me, it's a different it's a different side of things for me versus what a lot of people come in, you know, come in the industry for. And a lot of them come in just for the money. You know, what I mean, and that's understandable. You know, I can respect that. You know, everybody do their own thing. But for me, it, it, it's the passion. I'm, I'm to the point now where it's like I don't even care about the, the pay because I got clients, you know, that, you know, they'll come to me that I've been cutting for a while or whatever. And, you know, they might need some help. You know what I mean? I'm not going to turn. I'm like, nah, you, you got to pay me. Nah. But it's times where I'm like, you know, cool. I'll just listen. And I don't even tell them, but they'll get up like, yo, can I? I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know what I'm saying? Like I had, I had one of my clients, um, he was on his way to, to a funeral. He had to bury his brother. And I think it was Georgia, somewhere up north. And he was like, yo, uh, how much you going to charge me to come in early or whatever? You know, I got to I got to hit the road or whatever. I got to the barbershop at seven o'clock in the morning and, you know, I took care of him or whatever. We talked and he told me everything was going on. And, you know, he got up to pay me and I was like, nah, bro, you good. I gave him a hug or whatever. And, you know, he started crying. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like, yo, I appreciate it, whatever. Just little stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that that's how I approach, you know, certain situations. But, um, yeah, and I've been cutting this dude's hair since he was like. I don't know, maybe 11, 12 years old. You know what I'm saying? No fucking way. So how old yeah. is he now? Uh, he's 20. No, actually, he's older. He's 30. He's 32, 33. Damn. So almost 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. been a long time. A, a lot a lot of my clientele go way back with me. So they I, I've been cutting do when I first got to a shop in Orlando. I still got clients from when I started at. Um, let's see. I was at All Pro. It used to be called Ebony Attitude. Um, I started there in 90, actually December of 96, because I was still in school getting my license. Right. 
So I was working on the weekends. So I started that December 96. I remember right before Christmas. So um, I still got clients from from that time till now. So just, yeah, you do the math. That's almost, <laughs> well, we in 2023. So you go back from 96 till now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, That's awesome, dude. Shit. Yeah. So uh, out of all the conversations, what are some of the craziest stories you've heard or some of the profound stuff that you've heard, you know, conversations, you know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, man. Um... <laughs> And he come to mind like some something that stuck out, and you're like, I mean, oh, I could give you really bits cool. and pieces because I don't yeah, want to say too much of the story just in case somebody watches and be like, that was he talking about you, you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, nah, I hear a lot of crazy stuff, man. Um, like I got clients that are married that you know they doing anything on the side and they having fun with. I'm like, bro, you you too old for this, you know what I mean? Like, come on. But you know, I hear stories like that. Um, I deal with a lot of clients that are um, you know, young parents. And they going through the baby mama drama. So I'm trying to help them with that. You know, I give them advice on that because I've been through it. Um, You know, a little bit of financial advice. Some people ask me, you know, how do I save money or, you know, what can I do or, you know, different aspects. Um, I try to help. It's just everything. Like the barbershop is like a counseling center. You know what I'm saying? Like a therapy center. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, most of the time is just it's just conversations about everything. So anything profound, um, yeah, just my clients doing their thing on the side, man. It's crazy because they they think like it's cool, and I'm like, bro, you you older than me, <laughs> you know, like slow down, like come on. But I mean, that's their life. You know what I'm saying? I just listen. Like, have you had anybody come in that's like, yo, I'm I'm a I'm a secret agent or some shit, or you know what I mean? Like I'm undercover. Uh, nah, but I, I did. I, bro, this is crazy too. And I hope he don't get mad if he watches this. But I had a client, and at the time he he was working for the Secret Service. He was doing bodyguard work for all these big politicians. Um, I forgot what they called overseas, but um, you know, kings and queens, whatever. They they used right. to send him all over the place. And bro, this dude, when I met him, I I cut him for he had a, he had a deployment over here, whatever the case was. But uh, no, he bought a house here. So I cut him for about a good four years before they sent them. Um, I think it was Australia somewhere. They had to send him for an assignment for a couple of years. But bro, this dude at the time when I met him, he was 32 years old. And if you look at him, you would swear he was in his late 50s. Like he just aged. It was bad because he had to deal with a lot of stress. He got to deal with explosions. He got to deal with, you know, getting this person from this point to that point. Like, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So that's as far as that goes, that's probably as close to a secret agent that, you know what I'm saying, that I, you know, that I cut. But I do cut, you know, police officers, um, you know, lawyers, like it all walks of life. But as right. far as that goes, that specific, yeah, it was it was him. Can you get into, because I know that you've developed relationships with some of your coworkers, and I don't want you to say any names or nothing, right. but I know that there was one there that, that recently got in trouble, like seriously, like he's he's possibly in jail. Can you get into that? Because I know that you were kind of like, um, you yeah, him. yeah, 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 he, he used to, he used to work, yeah, he used to work over there with us, um, yeah, I mean, from back then, I mean, I, I tried to, you know, guide this kid. I tried to, you know, encourage him, talk to him. And even back then, he was having baby mama issues or whatever the case is. I tried, to, you know, I used to help him out with his kid or whatever the case is. 
And for some reason, I never understood, and, and I'm th this is part of the story, so I'm gonna just bring it this way. But um, I never understood why kids who are born in the suburbs and have a good life want to be hood. And then the kids in the hood that got it rough and rugged, they trying to get out of that. But you got the suburb kids trying to be that. You know what I mean? Like, I never understood it. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a thug. He wanted to be a dope boy. He wanted to be, you know, whatever. And he wound up catching a murder charge. So now he's fighting, you know, whatever it is. He keeps telling, because I don't talk to him no more. But me, I'm the type of person, once I cut you off, you cut off forever. So he, um, you know, he's i guess he going through the court thing he keeps telling people that we still know that he gonna you know get off or whatever i mean if he does cool but i don't see it happening you know what i'm saying so there's a possibility he's gonna spend the rest of his life in prison but you know i, I try it was uh, other people in there too that i tried to help you know I, i'm trying to guide them but they don't want to hear it they want to hear the shit that these rappers and everything else is talking about you know what i mean they want to live that life because they think it's cool and exciting but that shit don't bring nothing but headache, drama, and fucking death of jail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they don't want to hear that. They think it's cool. They want to be like, yeah, I want to live this lifestyle. And you can live that lifestyle as far as like the cars and the jewelry and the clothes and all that. Just bring your ass to work because you can make the money. You ain't going to make as much or, you know, or money that fast. But you can still get a nice car. You can still get a nice chain. You can still get, a, you know, nice whatever. You know what I'm saying? But they don't want that. They want it now. Right, right. But um, no. yeah. No, go ahead. You, you gonna say something? Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say, but that's you know, as far as that story goes, man. He he just he pretty much messed up his his life. And there's a lot of people that's in this city that don't like him because he did a lot of people dirty. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the walls are closing in on you. You have nowhere to go. You know, and you did that yourself. So that's something you got to live with. Right. Right. Yeah, and you were talking about like uh how you got this dude who grew up a good life. And I know plenty of people that grew up two parent right. and lived in houses, never lived in apartments. They don't know what it's like living in an apartment with roaches and all that shit. They never lived right. that life. Right. And then they want to be all thug and right. trying to master the New York accent and shit. Right. And, 100%. You know, I know plenty of people like that. Um, But speaking about the culture, you, the, the barbershop is so connected to the culture particularly the hip-hop culture right what what are your thoughts on uh what have you seen that uh as far as like the changes and what are your thoughts on the changes of, of that whole culture how these kids are now different they listen to different music you know the music honestly to me sucks now oh, you know uh, oh, me too 100 percent um as far as the the barber culture goes um it's it's changing for the worse you know you got kids coming out of school and they haircuts are absolutely trash and they charging 30, 40, 50, 60 dollars for a haircut. You know what I mean? And all these kids are using enhancements. They spray painting every fucking thing. They using pencils. They using all types of it's just crazy. And a lot of them, they like, yo, you don't use that. I'm like, nah, I'm not using that shit. Cause I, <laughs> I can I can do everything without that. I've been doing it. You know what I mean? And I've I've actually had some clients, well, not even clients, but I've had some people that came in. And that they'll show me a picture on Instagram or on Google or whatever. They're like, yo, I want this haircut. 
I'm like, bro, that's all paint. They was like, no, it's not. I said, bro, that's all paint. There's no way somebody edge is that dark, that sharp. You know what I mean? Like, that's all paint. They're like, yeah, well, can you do that? I'm like, I can do it, but I'm not going to do it. So I'll just send them to somebody else or I'll have them wait or send them somewhere else. Right. Because I'm not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like these kids are killing the the, the culture of barbering. And yes, yeah, it's, it's it looks good, it's exciting or whatever. But me personally, or and you can ask anybody that's been in this game as long as I have, it's that that's not the way to go. Like we we not with that. We you want a haircut, we're gonna give you a haircut. You know what I'm saying? Like back then it was like you'll get a design, whether it's like a little lightning bolt or whatever the case is. I had some dudes that I, I was cutting with in New York that they were just straight nasty with it. They'll put whatever you want. You want a portrait? They've been doing that, but it was no paint. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. But these kids nowadays, they just killing it with all that, all the gimmicks. That's what I call the gimmicks. And it's it's just it's just out of control. You know who intru- do you know who introduced that? Like how that when that all started? Well, with the paints. Yeah, with the paints and and, and a lot of stuff that I'm seeing. Honestly, they they got that from Instagram. It was either Instagram or YouTube, but that's that's where it came from, you know. But I've I've never been a person to get into that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And a matter of fact, this was in the ninety early nineties when I was in a shop in New York. The most we did was, and I haven't seen nobody do it out here, and it was it used to be crazy. Um, like they'll do a design. Like I remember this dude I work with. He did a Kansas City Chiefs design in somebody's head. He did the whole arrow, the KC, all that stuff. And um, what he did was he he got weave glue, the stuff that, you know, the chicks be using to glue their hair. So he got the weave glue. He got red and white rhinestones. And he, yo, he laced that whole, I used to have a picture of this shit on a Polaroid, but, you know, after moving so many places, I lost a lot of stuff. But, bro, he laced it. Like, that was dope back then. But now these kids, they I've never seen nobody do that down here. And I don't think they ever will because they got the, the spray cans. Right. So so what does that do, the spray and all that? Like, I know it makes it look sharper, but how long does it last? I Until mean, you take a shower. <laughs> you take so, a shower and start sweating. It's, it's over. That's why I don't use it. You know what I'm saying? But these kids, the first thing a lot of these people do after they get a haircut now is take a selfie. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's all they do is selfies. So that at, that looks sharp. But by the time they get home, their hairline look crazy when they wash <laughs> it out or whatever. You know what right. I'm saying? But they keep going back to these people. But, right. you know, it is what it is. I ain't knocking nobody hustle. Do your thing. Right. But me personally and people from my generation ain't doing it. So where do you see the 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 industry going in the future? Well, a good thing is, um, as far as this industry goes, I don't see them building any robots yet. You know what I'm saying? To do haircuts. Right. So the industry is going to last for a long time. It's just what's going on now and moving forward. It's going to be, it's still going to be here, but eventually it's going to get, I, I think the gimmicks and stuff might die out because, you know, people getting older, they don't want all that shit in their head. You know what I'm saying? Like they want a haircut, they want to go. You know, right. just that's what I'm running into a lot. And now my clients are like, yo, I just want a haircut. I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. So, but a lot of these, a lot of these kids, as they get older, they, they're going to stop using it because it's too time consuming. You know what I'm saying? And then you got people like we pretty much in a recession. So some of these kids and, and, you know, as they start working and getting bills and stuff like that, they're not going to be able to afford those enhancements. You know what I'm saying? So I think eventually it'll, it'll die out or it'll balance out some kind of way to where it will come to an end. Cause you know, it's just getting out of control. Right. Do you see like uh or is there because I'm not into like the 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 community of barbers, right? Because I'm not a barber. Right. But is there like a uh like a 
rap star of barbers? Like, is there a way to become like at that level where you're you're known like a rapper would be? Um, yes, is it worth that, it? <laughs> no, it's not. Honestly, it's not. Like, you, you got some people, they might cut like a football player or they might cut a rapper one time and all of a sudden they label themselves as a celebrity barber. You know what I'm saying? And like you cut this dude here one time, like come on. But um, yeah, you got some dude out, some some people out there that are you know famous for cutting, you know, certain people, you know, certain you know producers, rappers, or whatever cases plays on a regular basis. But me personally, the 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 few that I've come across my in my lifetime, um, for one, majority of them, some of them are cool. You know what I'm saying? But they cheat. And then they want you on their time. They want you to jump when they say jump. And I ain't, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want me to um, cut your house and cut your hair, this is what the price is. And I'm, it's not because they have the money, because I would do that across the board for anybody, you know, because I got I to gotta pack up all this stuff. I got to lug all this shit, set it up, take it down, drive here, drive there, pay tolls. Got, you know what I'm saying? So that all that comes into consideration. But, um, yeah, uh, you you got some people out there like that, but me when I've come across them a lot, I, I don't want to deal with them because I'm I'm not jumping for you. You're not gonna call me at two in the morning to you know come cut. You. I'm not doing it. You know what I'm saying? But you got some people that will because they want to be in that circle. But you know, all it takes is for them to move or for you to say no to them one time. They cutting you off. They are gonna find somebody else. You know what I'm saying? I try to stick with my people that's you know been loyal to me. I I, I like cutting everyday average people. You know what I'm saying? Because the conversation is better, the chemistry is better, and the longevity is better. You know what I'm saying? So that that's my model on that. Right. And what about, like, the tools? Like, f- let me give you an example. Like, I'm on Pinterest, and I'll be looking at stuff to get ideas for art or whatever. And then I'll see, like, this little ad for, like, this gold-looking razor that cuts so sharp that people, like... Yeah, that's a gimmick. I know, but... <laughs> it's, it's, called, it's called marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then there's another one there's another one i saw where the blade is they, they show this dude cutting his hair and it's like a perfect fade because the blade is somewhat angled in a certain way and blah that's blah, all blah marketing that's all editing right? and marketing yeah. so why why is there like to me that that's like a concerted effort to kind of take food out of the barber's mouth and have everybody do stuff from home is that like along the lines of technology just no. trying to keep people dumbed down no, and I'm gonna tell you why because um, m- most most barbers don't even want to cut their own hair. You know, it's like a mechanic. You know, he got the worst car, but he he got everybody else's car. You know, what I'm saying driving good, but he don't got time. He don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying, and that's how that's how barbers are. Like me personally, I hate cutting other barbers because it's right. too fucking picky. Like, just shut the fuck up, get your hair cut. Why are you complain? Like, I I don't I don't do it. You know what I'm saying, but um. Uh, it's, it's just marketing. And then like a couple of years ago, remember they had the self-cut system where you had the three mirrors. That was bullshit. I had clients of mine buying that shit. And then they coming to me, they bought that, they bought clippers, they tried to do it themselves. They messed up and then they came to me to pay for another haircut. So you're wasting your fucking money. Right. But I ain't knocking nobody hustle. Whoever invented that was genius because he cashed out and you don't even see the advertisements no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they cashed out. So, which is, you know, do you think, but, um, yeah, I, I don't see people doing it from home. They might try to do it, but you know, it's it's because you know they they got a meeting at work, you know, or they going on vacation. They don't want to, you know, look crazy, so they're gonna come to the barbershop. Right. You know what I'm saying? And even if they try it themselves, either way, they're coming to the barbershop. 
You know, <laughs> now you do have some people that's cutting at the house, you know what I'm saying, or in their garage. But at the end of the day, you're not going to want all these people coming to your crib because that's supposed to be your sanctuary. You know what I'm saying? So eventually that's going to die out because that's how I started. I had people coming in, you know, to my, my room in the projects. I'm cutting their hair in my room. My mom yelling at me, like, you getting all this shit on your bed. I got to wash the sheets, you know, whatever. <laughs> so it's like, but I'm like, you know, we in the projects. I got a room. I'm trying to, you know, practice and learn shit, you know, yeah. but. Dude, I remember in New York seeing people on the fire escape cutting hair. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, because those were the, um, what do you call them, like brownstones or something. They had the fire <laughs> escapes. But when you're in a project, you live on a 7, 18th floor, 12th floor, whatever. Right. There's no fire escapes. You know what I'm saying? So you had to do it in the room or in the hallway. You know, <laughs> so yeah, it was just one of those things. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Um, I don't see it, you know, phasing out like that as far as that goes. But you're always going to have people try, just like people change their own oil, you know what I'm saying? But you got to bring your car to the mechanic at some point, you know, so it's one of those things. I remember but, the, fl- remember the Floby? Floby. It was like this, uh, it was like a vacuum that had a. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, it was, it, they, they had so many names for that thing. But uh, you know what I was told that the military used that a lot. Really? That, yeah. The one of this dude, this dude I used to cut, he passed away. He used to be a um a drill sergeant, and he used to tell me that that you know when the, um the, the cadets came in for the first time, like they would use that to vacuum up the hair, you know, stuff like that, where they were cutting because you got a buzz cut, so it was right. nothing fancy. Yeah. So he right, was like, you're right. Yes. That. Yeah. Yep. But um, yeah, I've never got into that. I keep my tools simple, but you know how you can spot a new barber when you walk into a shop. It's the one that has the most clippers. You could tell he's new. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, I'd be telling him, like, yo, you don't need all that. But they're like, oh, well, this, the school. That I, I'm like, bro, you don't need that. You need the basic tools. Right. You need, at most, probably three clippers. You need your edger, you know, whatever you fade with and whatever you blend them with, and then your scissors. That's all you need. And then, you know, I don't even consider the shaver, you know, a clipper, but that's just, you know, to get it to the skin or whatever the case is. Right. But you got you got dudes with you know 15 clippers on a station i'm like what the fuck is that for you know what i mean like you're just wasting time and you got clutter but you know it is what it is it is what it is right <laughs> all right chuck we're gonna start to get ill all right let's do it we're gonna go down the, the 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 deep dark rabbit hole all right so how long have you had like when did you start your business when did you uh eventually get your own business uh, well, I, I considered, and this is going to sound crazy, but I hear this a lot too, but I've always been my own boss. You know what I'm saying? Whatever shot, I always rented a chair, whatever the case was. So um, I pretty much started um, in 2011. Like I got pushed to do it. I was like, yo, you know, I'm tired. And I, I've been to one, two, three. I was at my third shop. Right. I ain't move around too much. And actually, my second shot was actually the first shot. He just moved locations and changed the name. So that's like two and one. But um, yeah, I left that shot because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't keeping up with the times. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, nothing would work. We would barely have light. He wouldn't put the AC on dead of summer. We in there sweating, cutting. That's a whole other story. So <laughs> I, I left him because I had an opportunity to come down to Alifan Colonial. So I went to that shop. And everything was cool for the first year. And then the second year, I just seen a lot of things changing that I didn't like, you know, and it wasn't my place. So I was like, you know, I'm either going to deal with it because I don't I don't like the shop hop. So I was like, I'm either going to deal with it or I'm going to do my own thing. So I was like, you know, fuck it. I just decided to do my own thing. 
And then, you know, I had a lot of empty promises. Was, yeah, call me, you know, this, that, I'm going to come through, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, once, you know, everything opened, it was like nobody answering the phone, nobody returning text messages, you know, nobody, like everybody was like, uh, you know, let's see what happens now. Like this shit about to go ugly. Right. So, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> you know, the type, the type of dude I am and just being the way, um, you know, the way I was raised and stuff coming from where I come from, like, you know, we we built to handle certain shit. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just stuck it out. And then the good thing is, you know, my wife, she the one that pretty much like helped me down. She was like, nah, we did this. We fucking sticking with it. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, stay focused. Right. But um, yeah, you know, because you know, like, you know, we, we get vulnerable too sometimes. You know, you like you need somebody to talk to. So it's like, you know, I was talking to her and you know, she she had me straight and you know, we pretty much made it. You know, it wasn't easy. You know, it took about two and a half years to get like the ball rolling. So that's right. how bad it was because you had people come, you know, they work a couple of weeks, a month or two, and then quit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like all the people I, I thought was like, yo, I'm coming through. I'm going to be there. This and that. We're going to get it cracking. They just closed the curtain on me. You right. know what I'm saying? And it's funny because a lot of those people, once I got rolling, that's when the calls started coming in. They're like, yo, you got a spot. You this, you that. I'm like, nah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So so why why do you think that was? You think it's because it was fear on their end? Like, you know, nah, there's a new shop. Nah, you know, it's not fear. It's, it's called jealousy, like Fat Joe say, man. Jealousy one's and envy. envy. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's that thing, and it, that's part of our culture, the crabs right. in the bucket. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we pretty much, you know, the only culture that does that, because if you get the Asians, the Jews, or whatever, like, everybody's supporting each other, right. you know? But what I learned over the years is everybody wants the title of boss, you know, I guess they're getting it from the songs, Rick Ross, whatever. I'm a boss, this and that. Right. And I, I even had people tell me, oh, yeah, I, I, I got a license, so I'm my own boss. No, the fuck you not. You can't even manage your chair. You know what I mean? Like, how you going? They want the title. They just don't want the responsibility. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things. So the shop that you're at now, that's the only shop you've owned yourself? Yes. And when yes. did you start? 2011. 2011. So you've been... You've been doing it for a while, right? Yeah. Okay, so then the pandemic hits. Right. This is a testament to me, like, to let people know, like, you know, you can survive. Because how did you survive through all that when all businesses, small businesses were shutting down left and right? And right. your in your job, you have to be in contact with people. That's 100%. your job. You right. know what I, I mean? So how I, how did you navigate through all that? Okay, well, all right, the pandemic hit, and this is a great question. So this, right. this is the benefit. So, hold up. So, okay, so before the pandemic hit, when, did you start seeing signs and stuff? Like, give me, like, the breakdown if you can, because I, I, I want to get, like, into your mind, like, how you viewed everything from when it first started, as you were going through it, and then finally where we're at right now, where, like, it's it's not as bad now, but something's going to come back. We'll talk about that. But Right. So can you can you break it down like that? All right. Yeah. So so for a long time, like I've always is it's just um like like people say like, oh, the voice in my head or I got this feeling like it's one of those things. Like I've seen this coming for a long time because I mean, just like, you you know, you do your research they're like, oh, that's conspiracy. That's not real. That's this and that. 
So just based on reading certain things and, you know, watching certain stuff, it's like, I know something is coming. I know something's going to happen, but I just don't know when, you know what I mean? So when the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, came, like everything was flowing, but I was still prepping. Like I, I'm always on guard, basically. And it's right. like a good but a bad thing because it can get stressful sometimes. Because you never know what, you know, if anything's going to happen, something might not happen. Something might, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things. But I've always. So was it a prepped. feeling or you seeing signs of stuff? I've, I've seen signs of stuff. So it's almost like you see the gas go up, then it goes down. Then it's like, well, you know, this company is cutting this amount of people. This company is cutting that amount of people. The stock market is going on. So it's like something else is going on, you know, in the background. So, you know, the antennas go up, you start thinking, you start doing research and all this other stuff. So when the pandemic hit, everything just came to a standstill for everybody across the board. Everything was closed. Like you couldn't do anything. So the benefit that I had was, and they, if you find the news clippings or whatever, they was like any, any businesses that are open, you know, you subject to prosecution, even the lady in Texas, I'm pretty sure everybody's seen that where she had a salon, but she, she was supposed to be closed and let her employees come to work. Cause that's the only way they make money. So with, with us, everything came to a standstill and I shut down for a whole, it was about a whole week. And like, that made me realize how much, how much prep, how much I value time. Like I wasn't valuing it, but when everything shut down, it was like, damn, I'm home. Like I got to enjoy my, my place. I got to be with my wife more. We got to do things together. And that set off an alarm on me like, damn, this my time is more precious than me being out here working seven, six, seven days a week, 12, 15 hours a day. So after we shut down for the week, I got that going. And then I'm like, damn, now I start thinking about everybody that's in the shop. I'm like, I don't know if they prepared like I am because I can go for however long and be straight. But them, I'm like, they got, you know, some of them had just had kids you know, some of them got bills, even though they single, but, you know, they got car notes, cell phone, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, but you, but you don't have to give a fuck about them if you didn't want. No, to. I don't. No, nah, I could have yeah. been like, fuck y'all, you know, but I, it, they weren't paying for their chair. You know what I'm saying? Because they ain't making no money. I'm not going to, you know, charge them. So but being a person that I am, I'm like, damn, I got to do something like these dudes is probably hungry. You know what I'm saying? And then the phone calls start coming like, yo, I'm on my last, you know, thousand dollars or I'm on, <laughs> you know, whatever. I, I need some paper. So I was like, cool. I said, I sent out a text and um, you guys, anybody that was at the shop at that time, I was like, bro, this is the deal. I'm putting my freedom at risk because I can go to jail. I can get fined. I can, I can go through all these complications. But since y'all my crew, you know what I'm saying? Like we like a family, I'm a open up, but these are the rules. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can only have one or two people, you know what I'm saying? One or two clients in the shop at, the, at a time. It can't be kids running around. It, like, I just had the whole setup. So it's going to be appointment only, you know, and everybody has to come, you know, through the back door, whatever the case is, pause. But um, so I blacked out the front, you know what I'm saying? So when you look in, it's like, nah, that shit closed. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, just have your clients call you when they pull up because we got the Walmart in the back. They can blend in with the traffic. Just, you know, they call you, go open the door, let them in, lock the door. You know what I'm saying? Get them in, get them out. So some of them was like, yeah, I'm with it. And then some of them chose to just stay home and, you know, cut hair at the house or whatever the case is. 
but I let them know like, yo, this is what I'm risking for y'all. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you, it, it was an option. They didn't have to come back. So some of them did, some of them didn't, but, um, that was, we did that until they allowed us to open up or whatever the case was. And then when, when we were able to open, um, the county, the county tried to put a, um, it was called a strike team. So now you can open, but you can't have, um, people standing around. Like you can't, ha- you can only have like, you know, every, uh, every other chair has to be vacant. You know, you can't have people sitting next to each other. It was the whole six foot, you know, whatever. Right, every, that bullshit. Every, yeah, everybody has to wear a mask. <laughs> Even the barber's got to wear a mask. The the customer's got to wear a mask. So now I'm trying to work. I see people coming in without a mask. And I'm like, fuck, now I got to stop what I'm doing. Go up front. I'm like, yo, these are the rules. If you want to be in here, y'all got to abide by this. This is not me. This is a state law or whatever. So then I'm like, you know, you have some people like, oh, well, I'll just go somewhere else. You know, just being ignorant and fucking stupid. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, that's what I had to do. Because at the time, nobody knew what was, you know what I'm saying, going on. So in order for me to operate legitimately and not have people come through the back door and all this other stuff, these are the rules we have to follow. So we went through that. And, um, yeah, it, it, it just worked out. But, you know, the like I said, I... I if if you if you rocking with me like you on my team or whatever if I rock with you then I'm gonna do what I can to help you out you know what I'm saying and th- that's what I did and then in the long run um I mean it, it worked out for the better because you know we went back to making money and that's when everybody got on booksy you had to make an appointment and all this other stuff so now we're here now so now you got people like oh if you ain't making an appointment I can't cut you which is stupid. Cause I've been in this game longer than you've been alive. And if I got, that's why I'd be texting. I'm like, yo, you here? How far? Whatever. Cause if I got 10, 15 minutes to cut somebody and you running late, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Cause that's extra money. But these kids don't see it that way. If you ain't making an appointment with them, they don't want to cut you. They don't want to work, which is stupid. But um, as far as um, the hair industry, for the most part, I look at it as recession proof because even back in 08, when the housing market crashed and all that other stuff, I mean, we were still making money. It ain't as much, but we still making money. And even now it's slowed down, but we still making money. You know what I'm right. saying? I'm, you may not be able to, you know, put, let's say if you was putting X amount of money away, it's probably cut in half now. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a little different, but everybody's still eating, which is a good thing. So what what are your thoughts on the whole pandemic thing? Oh man, you're gonna have the feds on my door. <laughs> Dude, they're uh, gonna be at my door too. So <laughs> yeah, fuck it. We go to jail together. <laughs> um no, nah, I think I think the whole pandemic, I mean, was there an illness? Yes, but it wasn't no different than the flu, you know what I'm saying? Or SARS or H1N1. It was the same shit. I think my is my opinion, and probably a lot of other people's, but I think the pandemic was a test run for them to see how many people they can get to comply with what they with their agenda you know what i'm saying because i got a lot of friends now i'm talking about a lot that took the shot and i told them like bro don't take that shit i'm like you don't remember tuskegee you don't remember the um ebola and all this other shit that they did in africa with the polio vaccine and we got an aids epidemic like pay attention they're like nah but i gotta do this i want to travel i'm like just wait it out I'm like, you can't go nowhere anyway. You know what I'm saying? Everything was locked down. You had to get all these tests and COVID passports and all this bullshit. And now it's like they got all these people to comply. Now everybody's worried. You know what I'm saying? Because all, all 
Well, a lot, whoever I got on my IG that took the shot, every time I see something, I send it to them and they fucking nervous. They scared because mm-hmm. a lot of people dying, of, um, you know, cardiac arrest, right. dying in their sleep. Um, I just had one of my good friends in New York. I think I told you I flew to New York um, right after Thanksgiving to help him bury his mom because um, she she was healthy, you know, working every day, whatever. She got vaccinated, boosted, and she just, you know, she passed the night before Thanksgiving while she was preparing food. No warning signs, no nothing. You know what I'm saying? The heart stopped. And when he called me, I was like, bro, wait till the autopsy. I guarantee you it's from the vaccine. So what happened was after the autopsy and everything, yeah, she I forgot the medical term, but it was, you know, with the complications from blood clots or whatever in the heart. So I'm like, bro, that's what it is. So now that he took the vaccine, he's a little nervous and he's trying to figure out what he can do to try to rid it or whatever the case is. Right. But I think that whole I think the whole pandemic thing, like I said, was a test run because there's more stuff coming. You know what I'm saying? But when you try to talk to people or you try to give them information or whatever, they're like, ah, you're a conspiracy theorist. You know, ah, that's bullshit. You know, you got that from a movie. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it is what it is. But yeah, I, that, that's my, my thoughts on, on the whole, you know, the lockdown and everything. It was just trying to see how many people they can get to comply. And they yeah, got it was, a lot of people. Yeah. And it was a money thing, too, because the, oh, the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industry made so much money. Off of that oh. vaccine, because that vaccine, um, vaccines normally go through a trial, right? And they test, and that's a, usually a ten-year thing before right. they re- release it, right? And uh, they never test it; they just released it. No, they 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 did test it. They tested on everybody. They mandated it to. You see what I'm saying? So that right, was right. their test run. That was their yeah. test. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> e- even even the even the um the guy, he was on another podcast. I forgot his name. But um, even he, the inventor, he had the patents and everything. Even he said it wasn't ready for human trials because all the animals and stuff they tested it on were dying from the same thing humans are dying from. Right. And then if you notice too, there was reports. Um, I think they still coming out, but a lot of the CEOs of these pharmaceutical companies they were cashing out their stocks and everything and retiring you know they made billions of dollars and they dipped because they knew that this was coming you know what i'm saying so but it's it's hard to talk to people because they only believe what mainstream media you know puts out to them but when you try to you know you try to give them some insight or whatever they're like nah you lying or they don't want to hear it until it hits home then it's like oh shit this dude was right you know what i mean but and then, and then even if they they know you're right they won't admit it no nah, because they they want to hear what they want to hear right. you know what i'm saying but yeah like like with me um because my wife my kids i was like don't get the shit like we not getting it or whatever the case is my wife was like well i don't want to be the one that you know contracts it and you know my body can't fight it i'm like babe it's just the flu you know what i'm saying like it ain't nothing serious so I didn't let her get it. We agreed, you know, she wasn't going to get it. I'm definitely not getting this shit because I don't fucking listen to anybody. <laughs> you know, that's just how I am. I was just like, whatever. But I'm I like, I can tell you not to get it, bro. Like, I got it. I got the first one. Right. But that was for work. Um, right. I should have just not got it and got fired or whatever. But <laughs> right. I mean, but, I got see, that not, for, but the boosters, hell no. <laughs> nah, but they 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 still trying. But now, like, it's, it's less and less commercials on now because, like, every time you saw something, it was like, you know, oh, so and so, I got the jab, or we here to protect our community and all this bullshit. But it don't even fucking work because they still giving vaccines for 
the original uh, COVID-19 and then the Omicron, which is obsolete now because that shit done mutated now. So it's, it's so watered down that it's a regular cold now. Right. You know it's nothing saying? right now. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, why are you still giving people this poison when, you know, there's, there's, it's not going to do anything because you can still get COVID. You can still die. So and then what's killing people, like I said, is the, the blood clots, the, you know, the heart failure, the, the, the stroke, even my sister two strokes in one weekend you know oh wow vaccinated yeah so it's like you know i'm not i'm not touching it not, nothing yeah. that they say get i'm getting nothing right. <laughs> you know so it is what it is yeah because they they say it attacks like the the respiratory system but that's not true it attacks the blood yeah it, that's yeah. the reason why you got the blood clots and, and yeah. all that shit because it attacks yeah. the blood and the best way to con- combat it is by taking iron and not being on a respirator because you're yeah. not it has nothing to do with your it, it after it attacks your blood, it does affect your respiration, but right. that's not the main cause. And and uh, the Fauci, that's a, that's a dude, man. Holy shit! You know anything about Fauci? Yeah, I watched the documentary that Robert Kennedy put out, the real Doctor Fauci. I watched right. that, and that dude is so fucked. I don't I don't, I don't understand how he's not in prison. That's what, he's he, a killer. Even going back to the AIDS epidemic, like right. remember they used to show, um, you know, commercials with or the news clips. You got dudes looking like skeletons in in the hospital and just bad on respirators and all kind of shit. But the studies came out that what was killing those people was the AZT drug that he got the you know the, the FDA to approve for them to take, and that shit was so toxic it wasn't even supposed to be consumed because it was like a cancer. It was a, a failed cancer. cancer drug. Yeah, it was a failed cancer drug, but he was like, all right, let's give it to these people. You know what I'm saying? And just so they can make money on the shit. And a lot of good people died from it. Yep. Yep. You know? Yeah, my, my my brother's father, because we, we don't share the same father. His father died. Right. And shouldn't have died. And then, you know, we're talking about COVID. Like, I had a family friend die that shouldn't have died. They right. put him on a respirator. He's gone. My uncle recently passed from right. COVID. It sucks, man. So paranormal, because you and I go deep down the well of the paranormal. <laughs> right. How, how uh, like, what what got you into that? Like, when were you first really fucking with that? You know, thinking about paranormal or you know, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's been like on and off, you know, since I don't know as far as back as I can remember. Because you know, I, like you're a little kid and you like, damn, what was that? You know, you in the house or whatever, you see right, a shadow, right. or whatever, you don't know what it is, right? So I guess from back then on and off, and then I'm, I'm going to tell you a situation. I, <laughs> man, this, this was kind of crazy because I wasn't even home at the time. Was a paranormal so, thing? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going to get into that right now. So um, we were living in Choliota. We had a house out there and, uh, you know, we had an a intercom system, you know, so you communicate to the rooms or whatever, to, you know, all throughout the house. So I, I don't know where I think I went to public. So I went somewhere to go to the store to do something. So and it was around Mother's Day. Now, usually Mother's Day and my mother's birthday and around the time she passed, which was the day before Thanksgiving back in 03. So Thanksgiving Eve. So three times a year, I usually light a candle for her. So it was around Mother's Day and like I I was supposed to light the candle, but I was so busy with everything else that I didn't get to light the candle. So uh, I go to the store, wherever I did, whatever. So my wife calls me. Now, keep in mind, we've never used this intercom system, never (laughs) since we've been in this damn house. So my wife calls me. She was like, I need you to come home right now. 
I was like, what the hell happened? Like, one of the kids okay? Like, what's wrong? She was like, you need to come home right now. This is scary. So I'm trying to get it out of her. She's like, just come home. So I stop what I'm doing. I rush home. Now, listen to this shit. So remember, I didn't light the candle. So I get home. She's like, um, by the time I got home, she had turned it off. So what happened was the intercom system started playing Spanish music throughout the house. Now, keep in mind, we've never turned this shit on at all. So it started playing Spanish music. So I'm like, are you serious? She was like, yes, this shit is scary. You didn't light the candle for your mother. I don't know if it's that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what's going on, but we don't listen to Spanish music. And the shit started playing. So she wanted to turn it at all. So I'm like, all right, I'll go get the candle, whatever. I'm trying to, you know, assess everything, trying to see if there was a glitch or whatever. As I'm doing that, the shit comes on again. And I'm like, oh, shit. And they playing like, uh, I think it was like Frankie Ruiz or whatever. And that was one of my mom's favorite artists. Oh, shit. So it's like, she's like, I think that's your mom trying to communicate to you. Like she needs, you know, the light or whatever. Because I got that from my mom. Because anybody we knew that passed away, she would always light a candle for them or whatever. She called it giving them light through the darkness or whatever it was. That's dope. Yeah, so I, I I picked that up. So after she passed, I started doing that every year. So I'm like, oh, like it, like I was trying to figure out how to make a joke out of it because you know what I'm saying I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's her or if it's just a glitch. You know what I mean? So anyway, long story short, I go get the candle, whatever the case is. Stop. Never came on again once I lit the candle. So then fast forward, we wound up getting a dog. So we had a, a Rottweiler puppy or whatever the case is, um, you know, as he's getting older. Then around Mother's Day and the anniversary of my mom's death, he will always go stand by the door and just look up. And we're like, what the fuck is this dog doing? Like, he's just standing there, like, looking up or whatever. He'll sit there for a few minutes, then he'll come back to us. And, like, he'll do it throughout the day, you know what I'm saying, the whole time. And I guess Googling or whatever, they saying like animals could see stuff that we can't. They could see spirits or whatever the case is. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But that was my experience. So ever since then, I've just been like trying to pay attention to, you know, different things and trying to see if what I'm seeing is real or not real. So moving forward, the house we in now, um, you know, I got cameras and shit outside. So my cameras pick up something on flying around outside so i get the alert i look at it and once i youtube it and google it they're called uh orbs i don't know if you've yeah. ever seen those yeah so the crazy thing is so I, I still got the video clip in uh icloud so what happened was the thing went up to my vehicle floated around the vehicle went to my front door stood there for a couple of seconds and then you see it just floating over my truck and it disappeared. And bro, when I seen that, I'm like, man, what the fuck is that? And then I showed it to a couple of friends or something. They're like, ah, oh, that's probably like a mosquito. I'm like, bro, you could see the full circle. Like you could tell a bug on camera and you could right. tell there's some type of entity out there. So what I did was I made the clip or whatever. I sent it to all three of my sisters and I'm like, listen, I just moved here, whatever. Um, I don't know if this is, you know, something to do with mom or whatever the case is but i need you to see this and when they saw it my sister calling back she was like i'm in tears you know that might be her or it might be something trying to warn you or whatever the case is 
but the shit was like it was like shocking and scary you know what i'm saying so that's been my experience as far as that goes damn man that's some crazy ass shit man so you yeah. got something following you possibly you and possibly but whatever it is is good because every situation i've been in i've always been protected so i don't know right. like i said i don't know what it is but every every experience that i've had whether it was um life changing or whatever i've always been protected so you know could it be maybe could it not be i don't know you know but either way whatever it is they got something wrapped around me that's protecting me and regardless of what happens i know that i'm good just based on my experience you know what i'm saying from then till now right that intercom mm-hmm. it was just an intercom it wasn't a radio right well you you were allowed the way they set it up was i could communicate to each room because it was four bedrooms it was the master and then my kids rooms so i would be able to communicate to them through that and it also had a radio channel. But the thing was, we've never used it. Right. You know I'm saying I never turned it on. I know I never played any type of music, whether it was Spanish, uh, hip hop, whatever. I've We've never turned it on. We were in that house for, I think we spent about eight years in that house and never used that thing. And it wasn't, it wasn't until like the second or third year that that's when that happened. That's why I'm like, I don't know if it's a glitch, but why would it go to just Spanish music? And it was around, it was mother's day. You know what I'm saying? And it was that one year that I didn't light the candle. So it's like, it's a lot of things playing in your mind. Like, could it be, could it not be, but we didn't know what it was. You know what I'm saying? But I know once I lit that candle, the music never came back on. So I made sure I did it. Uh, for Thanksgiving, uh, her birthday, and um, Mother's Day. So that's three times a year. And still, still to this day, I do it. Right. Have, now, in that house, anything after that? Any weird experiences? No. But besides the dog, that was it. And that, that was, was him. Yeah, he'll go to the door. He'll just stare up. Because uh, you know how some doors, um, you have like a, it's like a skylight or whatever it is. He would just go there and just stare up there, whatever. He'll sit there for a few minutes and then he'll just walk away calmly. Like it wasn't no like, you know, craziness going on with him. Every now and then he would bark and go there, but there was nothing there. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knocked on the door. There was no animals, nothing outside because I didn't catch nothing on camera. What 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 about any other experiences in your life that you think like, wow, that's that's weird, other than those two stories? um like anything in the barbershop happened that's weird like you found something moved that wasn't supposed to be moved nah not nothing as far as that goes um anything that has happened like i said has always been like in my residence you know what i'm saying or like i said if 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 anytime like um like even back then because my mom she was like big on going to church and praying and all that or whatever the case was so i i'll i'll uh, rewind a little bit. So I had a situation in New York. Um, and this is actually what brought me down here. So besides cutting hair, I was dibbling, dabbling, whatever in the streets, running around doing my thing. So I was in a shop at the time and I wound up getting shot. So I'm literally sitting on the bench right by the window and a dude, I guess he was aiming for my head, but he missed me and hit me in my hand. So as he hit me in my hand, I, I got up, he kept shooting at like, I'm staring at him. So my initial reaction was to grab for my gun. But at the time, I didn't have it on me because they had just robbed the apartment I was in. So they took all my guns, all my money, everything. So um, as I'm doing that, he's he's still shooting. So it hit me everywhere but where he wanted to hit me. And 
I think, you know, that was, you know, all the prayers and stuff that my mom used to give me, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I said, regardless of the situation I'm in, I'm protected. Like, whatever happens, whether I get on a flight or whatever, I go to the hospital, get sick, have surgery or whatever, I know I'm good because there's something out there, whether it's her or whatever it is, like, they they surrounded me and they protected me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what that is. So I'm not going to be like, Oh, it's this, that, cause I'm not religious at all, but whatever it is, is something's protecting me. Damn, man. So, what about like friends, families, acquaintances? Have you heard any crazy stories from like maybe your sister or your, or your, nah, because a lot of people, like a lot of people are scared to talk like how we talking now because they don't right. want to look like, Oh, that person crazy or whatever the case is. They just, me, I don't give a fuck. If I experience yeah. something, I'm going to tell you, you know what I'm saying? That's right. how I am. But a lot of people can't do that. So whether they have experienced that or not, I'm not sure. All right. So you and I have crazy conversations, right? Constantly. So what are some of the rabbit holes that you like to go down? Like, is it like do you do ufology, the 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 crypto monsters? Like what are some of your favorite stories that you that you learned about recently or that you've looked up? Man, as far as the crypto thing, I <laughs> that that's a whole nother that's just crazy. Cause I, I even um even prior to the um the pandemic, like mostly everybody I knew was a crypto trader. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I trade crypto, I quit my I quit my job, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I'm like, okay. So then, you know, I got involved a little bit. I ain't throw a fortune at it, but I got involved just a little bit to play with it. And then look what's happening. So my theory is on that whole thing, for one, I think is a scam. And right now, I think what the government is doing is I think they're just trying to figure out a way, which they probably have. They're just trying to introduce it to the public. But I think they're trying to figure out a way to make sure that they monitor everything we do with our money, the way we spend it, the way we get it, and they want us to pay taxes on it. You know what I'm saying? So until they ready to put it out, which, you know, is coming with the COVID passport and you can't go to the store and you see Amazon opening stores where you got to scan your, your barcode or your phone and you could get whatever you want and walk out the store and they'll just charge you through your app or whatever the case is. So those stores are popping up. So I just think that, um, you know, the crypto game is 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 bullshit. That was just to get people to, you know, feel like they were getting involved with something so that this way, when they do come out with whatever currency or whatever they coming out with, that people be like, oh, that's just like Bitcoin. That's just like Forex. That's just like, you know, Dogecoin or whatever. And it's, it's going to screw a lot of people over because the hustlers are going to be asked out because, you know, they don't pay taxes on any money. They from the street. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's just gonna be crazy, right? Uh, people that I know that are in crypto, as far as I know, right, have not made a lot of money. They made money, but not a lot of money. But there's like always conversations of like old people that made a lot of money, um, on it. Yeah, but that those are conversations. But how many people right. do you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, same here. It's like where are these what, people that made all this money? And what gets me is uh like I remember when Bitcoin first came out, you know, and I I know nothing about like that sort of shit. So I, I wasn't even gonna get involved. I didn't have money at that time to even get involved. But I didn't realize that years later that Bitcoin was started by this so called Japanese guy that nobody knows who he is. Right. They don't know who he is. They, he but, may not even be Japanese. He just uses a Japanese name. 
Well, well, the guy that that's going back and forth um, in Congress, that's I guess he's going through some type of lawsuit or whatever. He's not even Japanese. He said he created the name because he didn't want nobody to know who he was. And he's supposed to be the main shareholder of all these um, Bitcoins, like the main guy. But my thing is, how can you allow somebody to create a fake entity and then put it on? uh the biggest trade the biggest trading platform in the world which is wall street you know like it don't make any sense and nobody's questioning that they just like oh well yeah maybe that's him maybe it's not whatever but he's supposed to have all his credentials or whatever but how can you allow somebody with a fictitious name because you gotta you gotta put some type of your id your social security number because you gotta do that shit to trade on robin hood so how can you get the wall street with a fake name you know what i mean like come on so it's, right. it's more to it than what they're telling us. But, you know, that's why I don't get involved with that. But yeah, it's coming. I, I had I had uh, I had crypto for a little bit. And uh, I remember. OK, so I'm at my boy's house because he's good with electronics. So he's like fixing my computer. And I don't know if he did this on purpose. So if he listens to this, man, don't get mad at me. But it just seemed like you did this shit on purpose. But he had a big ass screen you know, in his garage where he did all his work. And on there, he had like some shit that 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 said, uh. What, what what did I call it? Dodge? I said Dodge, but he's like, no, it's Doge. Yeah, I was Doge like, what's coin. Doge? So he started explaining to me that it's it's this coin, you know, they call it a shit coin because Bitcoin's the main coin and anything that comes after that, right. even Ethereum, all that, they're all called shit coins because they're not right. the originator. So he was telling me that it's this new uh uh it's a meme coin where they made it and and it, it went from you know less than a penny to now it's like blah 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 cents. And he's like, a lot of people put thousands of dollars in it and they made millions. And so this was like, uh, I want to say 20, 2020, man. This was like during the whole pandemic shit. Right. Uh, supposedly, Elon Musk, who's a guy I don't trust. People trusted this dude. I don't trust him. Right. But supposedly, he was supporting Dogecoin, like talking about it a lot. And he was supposed to go on Saturday Night Live, like I think a couple of weekends after, after I was at my boy's house. And he said, and my boy was telling me, okay, he's going to go on Saturday Night Live and he's going to talk up Dogecoin, which is going to blow it up and blah, blah, blah. So I fell into that shit and I signed up to Coinbase and Robinhood, got Doge, blah, blah, blah. And that shit tanked after he was on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> right. That shit tanked. You know, people pulled their money out like right as he was on Saturday Night Live, people were pulling their money out because right. it went up yeah, and, and, and they they pulled all that shit out soon as to make their money because they're yeah. they know that how to use that shit. They know right. what they're doing. With someone like me, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just trying to ride ride the, the wagon, you know what I mean? Right. So anyway, so I, I kept Dogecoin maybe and, and a couple of other for maybe like four or five months after. I pulled all my money out and I made maybe 40 bucks out of it, which was nothing. Right. But ever since then, dude, like you have the FTX thing with this uh, Sam uh, Freed Bankman or whatever the fuck his name is. That right. scam that cost <laughs> so much money. You have that whole um, was GameStop right. stock market fucking scam, which I don't know how people didn't get arrested for that. And now you have, you know, that dude, Logan Paul. Yeah, the boxer, the box. Yeah. Did you hear the, the scam that he did? Yeah, I, we were talking about it. Right. Yeah, it's, it's so, fucking crazy. Yeah. Same shit, bro. And I think more of that shit is coming down down the pike, man. Well, it is. That's what I'm saying. So I, I, my theory is that the, the whoever's controlling it, we'll just say the government, 
my theory is that this is their way of getting people enticed about, you know, this new digital currency that's supposed to come and all this other stuff. But without people realizing it's going to be a, another form of control because they're going to tell you when you can spend, what you can spend, what you can buy, what's this, what's that or whatever. And we're going to get to a place in time to where it's just like the movies It's going to be you either rich or you poor. And it's not going to be no more middle class because as you can see, a lot of small businesses are starting to shut down and have been starting to shut down. Because the thing with small businesses, we have a voice. We, we tell the government like, nah, we not, you know, we need this, we need that or whatever the case is. Like, they don't want to hear us no more. You know what I'm saying? They want to be able to like, nah, fuck that. You're going to do this and that's it. But we, we don't allow that to happen. But a lot of businesses are starting to shut down. And I give you an example because, um, you know, we always out in Utah and stuff. So when we first started going, there was a plaza, almost like a, like a water for lakes or whatever. So we would go there, you know, buy, you know, whatever we need for vacation, food or whatever the case is. So um, after the pandemic, when we went back, that entire plaza is empty. The only thing in that plaza that's open and we're talking about a good. I want to say probably about 40 stores, this is rough estimate, 40 stores. The only thing that's open in that plaza is a Walgreens and a Dollar Tree. All the other small mom and pop cafes, uh, ski rentals, um, sandwich shop, everything is that that plaza is deserted. And it's scary because it's like, damn, when we came here two years ago and last year, like this was, you know, it was booming. There's right. nothing there now. And it's crazy. So as as you, you know, go to different places, you'll start to see like a lot of small businesses are shutting down. You know what I'm saying? On top of that this whole thing with the whole workers and everything like you can't find people that want to work and i'm like where the hell how are people paying bills but then you starting to see more and more homelessness coming out yeah you know what i'm saying so it's like and even young people homeless young more women are becoming homeless and it's, it's just getting scarier and scarier but going back to the crypto thing I mean, that was their, I think this is their tool to try to get people to be like, okay, I'm going to just do this. You know, I'm going to put all my money in here and not realizing that you're just giving away your freedoms. You know what I mean? So where, where do you see, uh, where do you see the world in 10 years from now? <laughs> Jeez. Like, honestly, bro. Cause I mean, you're, you, you see the patterns, man, you know, um, I, I see it getting worse, honestly. I mean, because the look at the generation that's under us and that's under them. You see how they acting. And then um, I don't know if you want to go down this rabbit hole, but you see what they're trying to do to our kids in the school system. You see what we, can all do the it. Pro, we yep. see all the pronouns and all the um the the pedophilia and everything that's going on that they're trying to promote. And is is just scary. Like everybody I talk to, and I got gay clients or whatever the case is. Like, n nobody cares if you gay. Like, we don't give a fuck. Do your thing. Whatever you, as long as you, like, as far as I go, as long as you a good person or whatever, I'll talk to you. I'll cut your hair or whatever. We'll have a conversation. I, like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? And it's to the point where even my clients that are gay and, and part of that community, they're getting offended. It's like, this shit is ridiculous. Yeah, like, they, they're wanna, against the two. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I just want to live my life. Like, I don't care about all this extra shit. And everybody feels the same way. But the problem is when you try to talk about it or you try to, you know, address it, everybody has this thing where, oh, I'm offended. 
So now I'm going to leave you a bad review on Google or Yelp or I'm going to try to cancel you and all this bullshit. And what I don't like is they attacking, you know, the kids and the shit is crazy. And I don't know if you heard about this, but they trying to they trying to say that um, uh, the word pedophile is offensive. So they trying to re abbreviate the shit and they call it maps, which is minor attractive persons. So that's the new thing that's coming out. Yeah. So they that's what I'm saying. It's like they trying to do all this stuff, get all these rights and everything just so they can exploit these kids. And it's crazy because you got parents that are on board with the shit because I've seen videos that have been circulating on IG and YouTube or whatever, where you got parents bringing a, you know, adolescent kids, seven, eight years old to drag shows. And you could clearly see that these kids are uncomfortable. Right. But the, kid, the the parents are like trying to get them to entertain the shit and they don't want to be there. It's like, why are you exploiting your kid like that? Like the shit is crazy, but it's just going to get worse. So in 10 years from now, we're fucked. <laughs> they, you know, because they, uh, bro, and, and I tell my wife this jokingly all the time. Um, like, I'm like, they, they, they don't make them like us no more. You know what I'm saying? And most of the time, I'm like, they don't make them like me no more because it's just me and her having a conversation or whatever it is. And I'm like, and I tell my daughters the same thing. I'm like, it's, it's, it's bad. Like, you got men that are literally like, they they just want some other shit. You know what I'm saying? They're not, they're not even men no more. It's, right. And it's crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah, like, I, I'm just glad that I grew up where I grew up and at the time that I grew up. Because I think if you know, I would be part of this generation. I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I might be, you know, following suit, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just glad, you know, I came up when I did because honestly, in 10 years, this, this is going to be worse. So that's why I'm, I'm prepping, you know what I'm saying? Because I can see it coming. So I'm I'm just prepping for whatever happens. I'm out, you know what I'm saying? So my wife already know we on the same page. So when shit hit the fan, we gone. Right. I got you, man. Um, all right, so let's switch. Let's switch gears here, bro. Let's let's end on a happy note. <laughs> let's try to end on a happy note. All right, let's do it. All right, brother. All right, so what what sparked your your adventurous spirit? Because uh, you've been you've been traveling a lot, right? So what sparked that whole thing? Um, what sparked it was honestly, um, you know, I grew up in a big city. I dealt with that. Um, coming down here, um, I dealt with the suburban life. And now it's just it's getting to the point where the big city and the suburban areas are are meeting up. You know what I mean? So now it's not even suburbia no more. It's pretty much the big city because you got everybody from New York, California, Puerto Rico, whatever. They all come into Florida now. You know what I mean? And they taking away that quiet peacefulness that, you know, I used to enjoy, you know what I'm saying? Now I feel like I'm living in New York again. So once I started going out West and I started visiting these small towns and just seeing the way people live, how they easy going, they ain't in a rush to do anything. You know what I'm saying? Whatever don't get done today, they'll just do it tomorrow. Um, We were in a small town in Montana. I forgot the name of the town, but they had two traffic lights and, um, there were several gas stations in that area and some of them were closed for the winter time. And I'm like, how do these people make money? Like, that's what I'm thinking. So, you know, we, we went to a few um, gift shops and, you know, stuff like that. And just talking to the people 
and just seeing how nice they were because you wouldn't expect that in montana you see a couple of minorities come in the store they're like oh shit they stealing you know what i mean that's <laughs> how it's portrayed on tv right but one, once you get to talking to the people whatever yo everybody is nice and easy going and i'm like damn i'm like what do y'all do over here for fun they're like oh well you know we'll just go hiking or we'll go fishing we'll go hunting you know stuff like that so i'm like you know what that just triggered me and i was like this is what this is what I want the rest of my life to be like. Like, I don't want to deal with I got to drive here. I got to get up and do this. I don't want to always have to go to the store. Like, I want to be self-sufficient. I want to be able to hunt my food, especially with the bullshit they putting in our food now. You know, I want to be able to harvest my own stuff. I want to be able to just chill and relax. Like, I don't need I don't need the big name stuff no more. You know what I'm saying? I done been there, done that. So it's like, I just want to be able to just enjoy my life, have fun, be relaxed and at peace. I don't want the drama. I don't want the city life. I don't want to hear horns and jackhammers and, you know, just the loud music and just, I don't want to deal with the bullshit and I don't want to deal with this new generation. And that's, that's just in a nutshell, like, I don't want to do it no more. So that's why we always going out West. Cause we just trying to scope out what's what, you know, where will we settle and all this other stuff. Because a lot of people and, and a lot and I hear this a lot from a, a lot of people that, you know, I always tell I go to Utah. They're like, really, Utah? They're like, ain't it racist out there? Ain't there Mormons or what? I'm like, there is. But the Mormons, you don't see them. They have their own society or whatever. They're not bothering you. You know what I'm saying? But what I have experienced is when you go to these small towns, those people, if you can't adapt to their way of living, they don't want you coming in trying to change their way of living. You know what I mean? Like the, the way they are is the way they are. Don't come in here trying to, you know, ruin our shit or get us to live like you lived in New York or in Florida. You know what I'm saying? And that's cool with me because that's the lifestyle that I want. I want to be calm, quiet. I want to be able to, you know, just relax and not have to deal with the bullshit. But a lot of people don't understand that. They like, oh, it's racist. It's this. I'm like, I haven't experienced that. Me and my wife, my kids, we haven't experienced none of that the whole time, whether we go to Montana, Utah, uh, Colorado, wherever we go, you know what I'm saying? Everything is cool because we just adapt to what's, you know, there. So that's that's what sparked us. So then we started, um, like when we go hiking, uh, the reason why we do it, honestly, besides the scenery, is just the peacefulness. Like there's your cell phone don't work. You can't get no email, text message. You can't get nothing out there. You know what I'm saying? It's just you and, you know, nature, and just the sounds of that, you might hear a deer or an elk, you know, doing their chant. You know what I'm saying? You might hear a wolf call that's whatever miles away. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit sounds amazing. Because all we used to is car horns, music, uh, exhaust. You know what I mean? Like, out there is just totally different. And that's that's where, that's why we do it. Because that's where we want to be. So the so, sounds of nature beat the sounds of the city. A thousand percent. And it's just, like I said, when you out there, honestly, and I, I told, I always tell, you know, people this, when, whenever you experience the mountains or you go that far away and you in that area, it's almost like a spiritual cleanse. I don't know why, but when you go there, you'll just feel an overwhelming sense of peace while you out there. And ever since we've been doing it, that's why we keep wanting to go back because we come back here. It's like, fuck, you got to go to work. We got to do it. You know what I mean? So right. but when you out there, like the people, even though they work in here and there, like they'll shut a store down at three, four o'clock 
And it'd be like, oh, you got to come back tomorrow. We'll open tomorrow at this time. You know what I mean? Like the way they live is like, there's no rush, but they live in a good, happy life. You know what I'm saying? But we out here, we trying to, you know, make all the money so we could buy a Benz or, you know, fucking loot, you know, all the name brand shit that we don't even need. And these people out there, they, they win, you know, regular shit and they happy. They fishing, they got the best food. They got the best veg. They got everything. So that's, that's, that's why we do it, man. We just want to be out there. What are, what are the best spots? That you've been to oh man uh, i mean like if you could move somewhere right now where would you utah go? immediately utah utah montana my two favorite spots what and what specifically where do you like the towns and everything i like uh i like springdale springdale utah is beautiful um salt lake city is good even though it has the word city there are outskirts you know right. to get away from that um, cause we, we normally stay in like, there's a spot called Cottonwood Heights, which is, is, is gorgeous out there. So, um, we usually stay out there. Um, I can't remember that the town we went to in Montana, it was a small town with the two traffic lights, but even that was amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like you had people riding around town in, on snowmobiles, you know, like when are you going to see that? You know, it's crazy. So they would go to the store, buy groceries on snowmobiles, um, yeah, so Utah, Montana. Um, actually, we're going to um, Montana in uh, in May. So we're going to, um, it's called uh, Kalispell. Montana is up there by Glacier National Park. So we're going out there to explore that. But um, uh, like Billings, Bozeman, uh, Butte, like all that shit is, is all nice, man. And then just the scene, just to get up and look out your window or, you know, go wherever and see the mountain ranges and the wildlife like it's it's just it's breathtaking are there any other any spots that you're interested in going to that you haven't gone to that you have yeah planned? i, de- I definitely to? want to go to alaska i definitely want to do that um i mean I, I've, i'm always on youtube looking at the spots out there but that's not doing enough for me because i want to be there right you know i'm saying i always watch there's a show that's called life below zero I always check that out Cause those people, they living off the land, you know what I'm saying? They, they live in like little cabins and everything and they hunt, they do all they, you know, harvest everything. They, they pretty much live a sustainable life. So, and that's pretty much what I would rather do than have to get up and I got to go to the store. I got to deal with the crowds. I got to do this, do that. And I'm eating all this bullshit. Like I rather just, you know, hunt my food. Cause I know what I'm getting is natural I'd rather grow my fruits and vegetables or I'd rather go fishing versus I got to run to the store and I got to come out of pocket. I got to do this. I got, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a right. different way of living. And that's the type of lifestyle that I'm, I'm leaning towards because I'm just tired of the whole, what they call it, the rat race. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm at the point now where to me, like, I don't care about the money no more. I don't care about the partying. I don't care about the cars. The I don't care about none of that. My goal from this point on is just to be happy and I just want to be at peace. That's it. So, yeah, that's, that's the lifestyle I want because I, I see it and I know it's, it's doable because I see it every time I go out west. But then, you know, we got to come back here. <laughs> so with the everyday grind. Yeah, everyday grind. But and, and I had I, I was just talking to one of my clients earlier this week and he was like, how do you go from growing up in the projects, the fast life, the city coming to Florida, doing all this stuff 
to going hiking and being in the mountains. Like they don't understand it. They're like, I've never seen, you know, a Hispanic guy, you know, go through these changes or whatever. And I was like, I'm different. <laughs> you know, there's no other way to put it. Like, that's just me. That's what I want to do, you know? But I was, and I always tell people like, just try one time. Worst thing is you don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I fell in love with it. My wife fell in love with it. So that's why we always out there. So I, I told you this before. Yeah. But I really want you to consider this, bro. You should do like an adventure channel. Um, I mean, I'm that's what the YouTube is for. I mean, right. I'm trying I'm trying to get the um, you know, the uh the software and everything, because I, I the stuff I download is just too complex, you know, for me to grasp and use, but I'm I'm trying. But I definitely, you know, every time I go somewhere, it's going to be documented. I mean, 100%. As you can see now, every time I go, I make videos or whatever. And I try to make them not too long so that people don't get bored. So right. I try to make, I try to give you, uh, you know, the most exciting exciting parts of it in a in a short period of time. So you'd be like, damn, I want more. You know what I mean? Right. So that that's what I've been trying to do. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I'm I'm. It's, it's in the works. <laughs> yeah, well, let me works. know when, when you do it, when you finally make it official. Right. I can see it coming. But um, other than that, bro, thank you for being an awesome dude or awesome friend to me. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll put the links and everything up up on the on the channel and then I'll send you right. a link and you can do whatever you want. Um, I need a picture from you that right. I can use as a thumbnail. Just whatever you're okay. comfortable with. And then. Uh, yeah, man, I'll see you what ne not next week, but the week after, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, as far as the the pictures, um, the this you want something other than the screenshot we got now, or yeah, I need I need like an official picture that way I could put it as a thumbnail. Got you. So it could uh, be yeah, like you up, you, you know, you and all your snow gear, you know, whatever, whatever you. Oh want, yeah, man. I got that. I'll text that to you. Yeah, as soon as we get done, for sure. All right, brother. All right, yeah. man. So stay safe, man. I'll see you uh, in two weeks, man. Absolutely. My Thank brother. you for having me, man. Yeah. Thank you for doing this, man. I appreciate yeah, absolutely. you. Anytime. All right, brother. Peace out. Yep. Thank you.